Uh, well, we can start whenever you. Kaka. All right. Kaka. <laughs> 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 members and welcome to the first official meeting of the missing movie club hey hey so let's go ahead and move on to roll call uh secretary pamela i believe do roll call secretary pamela speaking and then we have chris who is our vice president yo 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 and then we have jason who is our treasurer hey girl hey (laughs) we have john as president hi And John is president because last time when we voted for movies, his movie, The Crow, was chosen. That's right. So he's going to be leading our meeting this time. That's a very loose term, leading. I also think calling The Crow a movie is very loose as well. So oh, that's funny. oh! Shots fired! Shots oh. fired already. Shots have been fired. Okay. <laughs> Talking about things that are useless, like your opinion. Let's get oh. to the treasurer's report, shall we? Uh, yeah, we ain't got no money. Thank you, treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Ooh. sighs> Starting to strong. All right, moving on. As, as the vice president, there is no new business because we don't have any old business because uh, this is our first official podcast. So, uh, yeah, so we can go ahead and move back to our El Presidente. That's and, me. And, uh, what are the impeachment proceedings? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marjorie Taylor Greene, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Those are fighting words. Calm down, MTG. <laughs> Let's do what we're here to do. Let's talk about a movie. Let's so, talk about The Crow. The Crow. Caca, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's move on. I've got some just basic info on the movie that I thought we should start with. The Crow was released May 13th, 1994. Ooh. I don't know if that was a good day or not. Um, it was rated R. According to IMDb, it is an action fantasy film. The IMDb description is, A man brutally murdered comes back to life as an undead avenger of his and his fiancée's murder. So so why did you pick this as the Halloween kind of theme? Is this October, Halloween month? I mean, I, I get the crow, he's goth, you know, kind of scary, yeah. graveyard, but... I mean, it does take place on Devil's Night, which is... That's true. Which is interesting. I actually looked up Devil's Night. I found a really cool diagram, I don't remember which university did, where they actually looked into what that night is called around the country and around the world. It's known as a variety of names depending on location, including Devil's Night, Gate Night, Goosey Night, Moving night, Ooh, girl. Cabbage night, <laughs> cabbage night, and mat knife night. I was like mat, mat knife. knife? <laughs> oh, Lord. oh yeah, I knew him. He was <laughs> in high school with us. I'm right? sorry. Can we go back to goosey night? Yeah, I think that's the only one I didn't get details on. I'm assuming it has something to do with throwing eggs. Is my guess? That's not where I was gonna go with it. They talk I about it was, <laughs> it was walking around and giving the old uh, goose to your friends. <laughs> uh, it did talk about pinch how and watch him go. <laughs> So Mischief Night is generally recognized in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, 
And it's like they do tricks like toilet paper in yards and buildings, powder bombing the egg in cars, people in homes, using soap to run on windows, forking yards where you do the plastic forks all over in somebody's yard. We did, we did potato flakes. Mm. You take a box of potato flakes and you throw them in people's yards and when it rains, they have mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it kills the grass. Mm. So if you don't like somebody, you write words in potato oh, flakes. they use potato flakes in... Home Alone. They used potato flakes to make it look snowy. snowy. Yeah, you're right. Oh. Yeah. There's quite a few horror movies out there that I think go along with the idea of Devil's Night, too, that use that as a concept of, instead of using Halloween, because it seems to be so... I mean, yeah. Halloween, you just think of Halloween immediately. Well, yeah. So, yeah. But I think Devil's Night is being used more. Just out of curiosity, did you guys get those pranks when you were teenagers or when you were little? Do you remember that being a thing? I remember them not selling eggs. In the small town that I grew up in, they definitely stopped selling eggs that night to teenagers, but not to adults. We had the old guy on the street that would give out apples for Halloween, and then the next day you always saw him out there cleaning them out of his gutters. (laughs) 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 And so then after a while, he just stopped giving out anything. He put, like, literally, he'd, like, tape off his porch. Yeah. He was was kind of I mean, he should have just switched to pennies. Right. Yeah, we always get those, too. We'd get the roll of pennies, like, in the tape and stuff. They'd always give those, too. We got full rolls of pennies. We just got a penny. Really? No, they always used to do, like, yeah, they used to do rolls of, like, it wasn't, like, a full Is that next to the house they gave out the full candy bars, you Richie? (laughs) Jeez. Uh, (laughs) I remember one year the teens my dad was a preacher and so the teens from the church actually came and like took all the crap out of our garage in the middle of the night and like put it all over the lawn it was just like that would make me angry that's a lot of work for you to have to do the next day yeah (laughs) the only part I remember being mad about like I I knew the teens I was like seven but they smashed my jack-o'-lantern I was sad about that oh that's really yeah we'd always get that in the neighborhood they'd always come around and like if you left it out they'd smash it so now that I brought everything up to a happy level (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's talk about a happy film this is a feel good film for the ages And for all our listeners out there, the reason this is the missing movie club is that our esteemed member, uh, Jason, had not seen the movie, so therefore it was missing out of his repertoire of movies. It's going to remain missing. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. I'm the Debbie Downer this time. (laughs) I do want to read one more thing. I got Common Sense Media's description. They say it's a stylish, dark revenge fantasy with torture, drugs, and gore. Oh. Which to me is a more enticing description than yeah. the IMDb one. I would give it. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like somebody at Common Sense was like fanboying over this movie and they didn't want the oh, boss sure. to know it. It has thousands of fans. You are not one. Jason is not one of them. <laughs> Notice I only said the word thousands. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he's not counting himself amongst those. Uh, it's not a thousand and one. <laughs> It's, it's just the thousand, not millions of fans. Yeah. It's just the thousand. Let's talk about the cast next. You know, oh, good, I've got cast. notes. Go for it. So on the cast, I'm just gonna run down through some people, and then we can let Jason bitch about them for a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was directed by Alex Proyas, who also wrote and directed Dark City, which is an awesome cult movie. No, mm-hmm. not you, a su- that's not a surprise at all. Shut okay. it down. Okay. And he also directed I Robot and Gods of Egypt. Yeah. Wait, I Robot with Will? Yeah. Gods of he kind of took a swan God, dive there, but horrible. yeah. Are you saying he didn't at the beginning of his career? 
Jason said, Jason said right before The Crow yeah. when he directed like a cereal commercial, that was his peak. Yeah. And then <laughs> his peak was, was frosted shredded wheat. <laughs> yeah, it was done. <laughs> that is not a surprise though. Like that, that was, okay. The cinematographer I thought was interesting. He was also the cinematographer on Dark City and his name, I'm going to say it wrong. It's the Walski is the last name. I don't know how to say the first. Darius? Darius. Oh, okay. Darius, yeah. Darius. It's a silent Z. Sorry, if you're listening to this Darius, we're, we apologize for yes. butchering your name. Also, we're sorry for all the things Jason has said about the movie already. Okay, so anyway, he, he was also the cinematographer on Dark City, The Mexican, which is a beautiful movie. That's a good movie. The Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Love those. And The Martian, which is a gorgeous movie. Of course, you have Brandon Lee as Eric Draven, the crow. He's the son of Bruce Lee. The movie has sort of a mythos around it since he was fatally wounded on set when a gun stunt went wrong. Ernie Hudson, who is always amazing ow, ow. as Sergeant Daryl Albrecht. He was also, of course, Winston Zeddemore in Ghostbusters. And he was amazing in Oz. He was on HBO's Oz, the prison. Oh. He was the warden. I never watched that show. Oh, so good. It makes you not want to go to prison. I mean, I already I didn't want to go, go to prison. prison. It will make you not want to not want to go to prison at all. But yeah, no, it was a really, he did really good. It was his, to me, it was like the first time I ever saw him really do dramatic work. He wasn't playing Winston. He, you know, like he was, he used a lot of language that Fuck I wasn't yeah. prepared for. And we have Michael Wincott as Top Dollar, who was, the, the thing I know him the most for is Guy Gisborne and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And then oh, he was yeah. Rochefort in The Three Musketeers with mm. Oliver Platt and mm. the Disney one. Yeah. Okay. Um, bai Ling is Micah, who was all kinds of weird and creepy. I, I just kind of know who she is, but I can't name another role by her. She was in a few episodes of Lost, and I feel like she was on an episode or two of Angel hmm. as well back in the day. I just recognize the name. Yeah. yeah. But I enjoy her. I think she's pretty talented. I mean, she did a great... I will give her credit for this movie. She did a good job with the part that she had. Yeah. Being spooky. Getting yeah. her eyes pecked out by her crow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screaming, holding all the onto yeah. the bell tower. You know, bell rope. You should know if you're <clears throat> listening to this, you should have watched the movie because this is full of all kinds of spoilers. No, that's right. I we guess that's true. I guess you gotta but say that's yeah. all right. Spoiler yeah. alert. I mean, the movie's like 20 years old. I mean, to be fair, though, the I point think... is that we will announce the movie a week ahead of time. Yeah. So our intro episode of time. So, so, yeah. so you have time. time to watch it is what we're saying. Yeah, that's right. So you should watch it. If, if you don't come to the it. next meeting and you haven't watched the movie, then that's your own fault. Also, there's a $10 fine if you don't attend. Right now, spoilers, you know, Titanic, the boat sinks. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get that out of the way now. Um, if you, if I, time to absorb that. No, if you I, was on, I was looking through the TikTok the other day yeah. and somebody was complaining because somebody ruined the ending to The Sixth Sense. And I was like... <laughs> Um, no, there's a, um, what is it, moratorium? That's the word I'm looking for, right? On spoilers. Like, yes. after yeah. a certain amount of time, I, I'm sorry, but after 10 years, it's up, yeah. in my opinion. If not shorter, depending <laughs> on what it is. I will give you 10 years. You have David Patrick Kelly as T-Bird. Apparently the biggest role for him was he was the main antagonist, Luther, in The Warriors. Oh, I've never seen. Wow. Wait, the 80s movie, The Warriors? The Warriors? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that would be a good one, too. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Of course, Tony Todd as Grange. Yes. Candyman. And the voice of Scareglow in the new Masters of the Universe Revelation cartoon. Streaming now on Netflix. First ten episodes. No, first five episodes. It's a total of ten. I'm sad. Any questions? They haven't paid us anything, Treasurer. I don't care if he man. They always get a shout out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Free sponsorship. <laughs> For those of you yeah. who don't know us personally and are listening, hi all one of you. Um, <laughs> one. They've already they've already cut out. They're right. like, we're done. Is that... Jason is the He-Man fan. So aficionado. And I have never seen the He-Man movie, so I fully expect it to be on it, here It'll be on the point. list. Yes. And finally, John Polito as Gideon, um, who was the pawn shop owner. Oh, yeah. um, he's always a bit player. He's in stuff. a lot of Coen Brothers movies. He mm. was on Homicide Life on the Street for a long time. And to me, he's always Bigelow, the guy that owned the airport in Rocketeer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also, hour. just as a little interesting side note, in real life, he's actually gay, and he was married, and he was out and open for... Good for him! Ever. So I thought that was really cool. That's good for him. Good good acting chops, buddy. Wait, you don't want to you don't want to talk about my favorite actor in the whole show? Those were just the ones that I found stuff that I was like, okay, I recognize that thing they were in. So um, I just want to talk about Lawrence Mason, who played Tintin. I assume his career got better. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he played a lot of cops. Yeah, he was was in Hackers, and he's been in TV a lot. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that he got some lessons because his line delivery in this was pretty awful and cringy and did not start us off on the right foot. Oh, I love his line delivery. I think it's funny, and it sets the tone for the movie. Oh, no, I just think it sets a tone for bad acting. (laughs) So, I mean, I actually have a note about him. I was like, hold on, let me read my note. Tintin is not a good actor. <laughs> I'd like you to introduce you to a couple of friends and they never miss. You didn't like that? No. So here's the problem that I have sometimes. I have trouble remembering that actors have to work with the lines that they're given, right? But it's a director's job to make that sound amazing. The director's job is to bring out your performance, correct? Right? Right. To see the whole movie through and bring out the best performance in an actor. And you can't just focus on your two main stars or the three main stars. You have to focus on every bit player, every single one. And I don't feel like, I don't know where the, the disconnect was. But his, I'm going with line delivery, I'm sorry. It's the only thing I can think of. I'm not going to say this is a badly written movie, although I do have some thought. I feel like, I get that his bit part was short. I was also annoyed because if you want to look at this from like a supernatural kind of a film or a horror film, we know that usually people of color do not last long in these movies. And I was like, way to have this, spoiler alert, okay? He doesn't make it. And he's also (laughs) the first one to go during the revenge plot. So I was really disappointed because I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe that was his first scene. Because sometimes in movies, you like if you watch, you can see an actor do really bad in one scene, but do really great in a lot of other scenes and you can tell like okay that was probably their first scene that was shot and the other scenes are placed in afterwards because they felt more at home with the character and you can see all that so this this i don't know if he was the first they were like let's get rid of you as fast as we can because you're i don't know i'm not a fan of, of I, again like i said i'm assuming he's gotten much better because he's gotten a lot of work since then so it makes me feel like maybe you wouldn't took a class halloween isn't until manana <laughs> It's a great line. It's a great <coughs> delivery. I mean, I, I, I wish you could see my face. I think it depends on how you're going into this movie. If you're trying to look at these as serious villains, they're clearly not. I mean, to me, the whole thing is they're trying to make the villains as campy and, you know, ridiculous as possible. So I, I don't know. I think I, we should say also that this is based on a comic book, on a graphic novel. Yes. And to address that, Tintin was of color in the graphic novel. They did change some people because T-Bird is actually supposed to be the big bad in the comic book. And he uh-huh. was a person of color so they changed that no top dollar was top dollar sorry yeah 
There was a top dollar in the comic book. He wasn't the mm-hmm. big bad. He wasn't like that. And I think you, you bring up a good point. Like, it is based on a comic book. But looking at other comic book movies from the past and to today, there are ways to deliver those lines to make the actor look better. And I just don't necessarily know if he got the direction he needed. I feel like maybe the director was worried about the whole noir aspect. Because you can tell this is based on a comic book. Like, without any knowledge of this movie, as soon as you see those opening shots, you realize this is this is a comic book movie. Well, and I think to Mary, actually, with John and Pamela are both saying, with what you're saying, when you take it from another source material, there's so much that you could try to glam in there. And I think from John's point of view, yeah, they I think they were they didn't really develop any of those villains except for the fact of giving them those weird yeah. personality quirks, the over the top, like John was talking about, made them very cartoony. You know, he had the knives. You know, Fun Boy was the drug addict. Taybird was the arsonist. You know, and Skank. Was, what was Skank? Skank was the dog. Skank was Skank. Skank was the dog. He was the like little pet I love of the group. That. Mom, yeah. I play it Skank. Yeah, Skank is Skank is the dog of the group. He's just the the, the dumb one that, just, that they all, all feel sense. sorry for. But yeah, so like I said, I think marrying both of those, they had a lot of source material to work with, and they were trying to just get it across. Because that's the thing that I find with that is the pacing of the movie. And I didn't really having watched it a while ago. Is I didn't think it. They really do just quickly get to that. You know, mm-hmm. they do no real build up. You know, you start the movie out with the the attack. And him coming back from the grave, and they don't really explain any of that. They just get right to it, and so I think. Oh, well, yeah. that brings up so many things I want to talk about, but we'll wait till <laughs> okay. we actually get there. That's a good. That's that's yeah. So, like I said, I, I I give you're right. It's the lines were delivered just so flatly and kind of horribly, but I think what from John's point of view, they just had to get to that point. They just yeah. Had, they made them over the top and just campy and cartoony, just because they're not they they weren't going to develop them. Right. That that was their personality. Whatever they had was their personality. Do you feel like though? Let me ask to the group do you feel like that was a disservice to those villains to not develop them past the very base level though I feel like you have to think about this was a comic book movie before there were comic book yeah, movies. Yeah, 90s action. When did Dick Tracy come out? Oh, that was 89 or 90. Because I think Dick Tracy did well. I think Batman did well. with Dewey. You didn't like Dick Tracy? Dick Tracy is a terrible <gasps> movie. It is awful. All the air just got sucked right out of the room. I just want you to know it's amazing we're still married. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not a fun movie to watch, but it's a terrible movie. I, I mean, like... Howard the Duck. Oh, come on, Jeffrey Rush. I loved Howard Rush. the Duck. Oh. Oh. It's, um, what's the actor? <laughs> There's no accounting for that. Are you, seriously, you did not like Dick Tracy? I think it's an enjoyable movie. It's not a good movie. I think there's a difference there. I think from a comic book movie perspective, they did a beautiful job. It looks like it came straight off of the pages of a comic book. Bebo did it. Bebo did it. <laughs> Everywhere I look, it's Tracy. But it's Tracy. a movie. Tracy. I think there's, there's a difference. You can't take the source material and expect it to do the same on a different platform. I would agree with that, but I'm saying that if you have the talent, <laughs> you can create the same kind of atmosphere. I think the director of Dick Tracy made sure that each character got its moment to shine. Even like the the mid, very tiny level villains that we just got to see brief moments of had those moments of wonderfulness. I don't think the director and this cast gave those people those moments that they deserve. Really think they deserved them though? Because nobody really gives a crap about the villains of this. The whole point. But of you it have is to that... give a crap about them because you want them to get justice, right? But that's why they show so much of what happened to. Did they Shelley. though? 
Well, I have a huge problem with the lead up. We can talk about it when we get there. But well, I all mean, I know is you and I, Pamela, are going to have to have a long phone conversation <laughs> later <laughs> about not... Dick Tracy, Tess Trueheart, and Breathless Mahoney. Oh, Madonna. <gasps> No, I'm kidding. She's a horrible actress. <laughs> oh, come on. Who's that girl? Classic. Oh, I'm sorry. Classic Madonna. Don't cry for me. Oh, well, no. I'm, I'm going, I stopped. I'm, yeah, I'm not Because I almost went there. Yeah, I'm not going with that one, but I'm, come on. Who's I mean, that? you know, she totally deserved an Oscar for that. <laughs> who's that girl? Mwah, perfect 80s movie. Oh, wow. I can't believe it has that high on Rotten Tomatoes. And what stuff. does, Pamela? Dick Tracy. Oh, does it? <laughs> it has a whole 63% of D minus. What's Kaka what's what's Bitch got? Hold on, and I'll tell you. It's right. This <laughs> because movie, I am going to go there right now. This movie is certified fresh with 83% from the critics and, and 90% from the Rotten audience. And this Tomatoes is a bunch of liars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of bots and fan bitches out there. Not my favorite movie number one. <laughs> this is what you tuned in for, folks. I'm not going to say that I'm always going to be the bitter one because I feel like it's going to pass around this room with every movie. Somebody else oh, is going to be like, this yeah. movie was trash. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I, I, I this will time have it's lots me. to say usually. Okay, any other... <laughs> Cast notes that you're interested in sharing. Ernie Hudson deserved better underwear. I even actually wrote that note, but I wrote underpants. <laughs> because those boxers were so big and loose, they looked like pants. Ernie's an attractive man. He should get some, like, you know, give him, I mean, he could have done some tidy whities or something. No, tidy whities but it would have been nicer with some boxer briefs. Yeah, some, show the, the man is a good physique. Well, especially at that time. He yeah. Was were boxer shape. briefs even a thing? I don't think they were. I, I, I don't remember seeing those until, until like, like late yeah, 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know, something. They should have they, they invented changed, them. For they changed Ernie. my life. Well, I'm just saying, those boxers were, first of all, way too loose for a movie. Because any movie, and especially speaking like now, they make you wear some underpants underneath your boxers so you don't got no slippage. There was some slippage in there. Because even one of you were like, I was like, what's with the underpants? And you're like, look, it's shaded. And well, I was like, they had to they, shade they, it. They, they shaded it. They, they, they shaded they made it because sure. everything else was hanging out well, trying yeah. to get apart. They, they wanted to make sure, you know, his two best friends, <laughs> his two best friends, and not the ones in the Winnebago. <laughs> Ernie has to deserve better underpants. That's all I've got left on the cast. I think Ernie did a great job. He always does a great job. Chris, can you yep. share that insight you had about Brandon Lee? Oh, with Heath Ledger? Yeah. I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, and there was a lot. I just kept on Heath Ledger, like, watching this movie and, like, copying a lot. Just even the way Brandon Lee's hair, how it would hang sometimes, it just really gave me those vibes of the Joker from there. Even mannerisms and things like that, just really. It, it just struck me very Joker-ish from the Ledger's Joker. I really and he said I even, know. like, his voice pattern. Yeah, like, yeah. And, like, some of his speech, just how the Joker talked. Like I said, having not watched The Crow in a very long time, I just really put it in perspective. I think when you said that while we were watching it, it changed my opinion of his performance. Because at first I was not enjoying it. Yeah. And then when you said that, I was like, this makes a lot more sense right now. So. Yeah. I, like I said, I, think, I, don't, I don't know. Like what... I said, you changed my opinion of it. I will say with his performance, I really don't get into it and enjoy his character that much. I mean, kicking ass is kicking ass. It's great right. when he's killing him. But I don't really get into and feel him as a character until he is in the apartment with Ernie Hudson and, and kind of shows that he's still him underneath. Because mm -hmm. at first, he's kind of, he falls down and he's just laughing in the street. Like, that's a little weird. Like, it, it's like it takes his this is me reading into it, but it's like it takes his actual soul a little bit to get back into his body proper, is how mm. I read it. And so by the time he gets to Ernie Hudson's apartment, it's like then he's him again. How many people did he kill before he got into Ernie? Was it one or two? He had already 
done. Well, Tintin was first. You've definitely done Tintin. And Fun Boy. Yeah, I think it was after Fun Boy. And I think maybe that would have been maybe if you're thinking about the soul coming back. Like to me, it was probably at that point that he's like, I'm murdering these people. I'm out for vengeance, but maybe at that moment he started to kind of maybe have a feel, like a like a feeling. I don't know what that feeling was, but I agree with you. I think it makes sense. Anyway, that's the moment where it, I, I really started to really like his acting in the movie, and I'm really sad we didn't get to see more of what he could have become or played in mm-hmm. the future. So, just a quick side note: boxer briefs <laughs> were actually thought to have been pioneered by John Varvatos during his 1990 to 1995 stint at Calvin Klein as the head of menswear design. However, the style actually was around much earlier and actually was worn by Richard Gere in the 1980 film American Gigolo. Oh. So there was no excuse. I guess not. Is what I'm hearing. Well, 90 to 95, they don't really give a, they don't nail down. I'd like to call a vote. (laughs) I'd like to call a vote right now. Uh, all those in favor that Ernie <laughs> deserve better underpants. Uh, can I get an aye, please? Aye. 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 Damn I'll right, it's an aye. I'll second that. All right. Motion, oh, oh. motion carried. Oh. Whoa now. Whoa. He, he touched whoa. the gavel. Hey, See, vice president. This is why he has vice in that. Right. He's not he just to totally this. touched your gavel. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just sit over here, gavel. Just banged your gavel. You just gavel. sit over here. It's okay. I won't let the Batman hurt you anymore. <laughs> Sorry if I overstepped my bounds. I, I, I mean, it it's a did, coup. It's, it's right. a coup. Call the generals. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know something's up if Chris movies gets chosen next month. Right? Yeah. Do we want to like go through the movie, or do I've got a couple of questions? Yeah, I think you give a quick plot synopsis might be helpful for those that maybe didn't see it. I mean, you could be like me and be like, to us anyway. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you haven't seen it yet, or maybe you haven't seen it in a very long time, and you need a reminder, and you're very busy and haven't had the time to watch it. So just a quick run through. Would you like me to give a quick? Run yes. Yeah. Okay. So for any of you out there that haven't seen The Crow or haven't seen it in a very long time, it's basically the story of a young man and a young woman madly in love they're on the edge of beginning a life together getting married when they live in a very depressed area um of a of a town of a town they don't really give the name of it's kind of do it as detroit but it's run down it's disheveled and their top dollar who is the bad guy is trying to gentrify the area or something we don't really know all they know is that they're wanting these people out of these apartments so apparently his girlfriend starts a petition and is causing trouble so he sends his goons after um, her to kind of shut her up and it all kind of goes wrong there's horrible scenes she's beaten raped our hero comes in unfortunately is ambushed attacked and murdered she later dies in the hospital so a year to the day that they were murdered he comes back from the dead for revenge they didn't bury him very deep honestly if you're looking at it he, he got out of that pretty easy there was no yeah. six feet rule there well, uh, that hole was pretty shallow um with the help of a crow huh crow the movie cacaw bitch <laughs> So he goes back to their apartment and relives the moments of his death and seeing her hurt. And so then he decides he's going to use his newfound abilities. He can regenerate health. He's invulnerable that way. He kind of seems to get some kind of strength, super strength. You know, for Brandon Lee, they really didn't do a lot of martial arts in this. Like yeah. There really wasn't a lot no. of... He just took a lot of bullets. He really They don't really get too hardcore into his abilities. So he goes after each of the group uh, that had attacked him and his girlfriend leading up to the big fight with 
with the big bad um, when he finds out that you know this was all a plot basically from an overriding villain in between there things happen he meets Ernie Hudson who was a cop that he kind of investigated his death originally there's a child in there for some unknown reason she just kind of hangs out and really doesn't add even she's not even an anchor really like if she wasn't in the movie it wouldn't have made a difference there was no 100% re- agree yeah there was no reason for her to be in the movie that, well you know, we did learn that onions give you fire. that's true she, she and they're she really does, bad she does give she does give that sage advice to Ernie Hudson the only thing she does add is that she gets kidnapped at the end which again they would have drawn him out anyway without kidnapping her it, I think they would have kidnapped Ernie Hudson at that point yeah yeah so that is kind of the synopsis of the movie he gets his revenge he finds out all these things and then they kind of live happily ever after in the afterlife is what kind of shows up and she's a ghost so anyway I hope that helps to give us a quick synopsis yeah so it's good good, good job. job I vote that Chris does that every episode no matter what the movie <laughs> because at first I thought it was going romantic comedy I know I was I like where's this he's like Aaron and Shelley are yep. preparing for their big, big day, day. <laughs> but little do they know that fun boy and the gang in a world where Eric and Shelley are planning the perfect wedding by the way can I point out the book that was in her drawer when he went back and like dug into it was Spring Bride and they were going to get married on Halloween, Halloween yeah <laughs> should have been Fall Bride that's right so I'm just going to ask my question because I'm, I'm really curious do you consider The Crow a superhero movie um sure and I say sure because if you are coming from a comic book perspective, almost every comic book has some type of superhero element back then. Now, this isn't like talking about like manga or anything like that. You know, Marvel Comics has a hero. DC Comics has a superhero. So sure, I that's my thought. I would say yes, I think it's a it's a hero movie. Okay. I don't think of him as super. Well, I think it kind of is those 90s like spawn yeah and you know they had those sandman you was know that neil sin, gaiman did sin city come out in the sin 90s city yeah. well, the original comic did i don't yeah. think the movie came out until the 2000s but okay yeah it, in that vein i think there was always the 90s spawned a lot of those like goth mm-hmm. anti kind of heroes so i kind of that's agree. A, okay yeah, let's say that i would say it's okay. an anti-hero movie yeah because he's not really out to like stop these guys because they're bad guys he's just out to stop them for revenge exactly what they did to him like if they did it to somebody else and he never knew about it he wouldn't have stopped you know it wasn't like he's out there fighting crime in general it was a very specific point it kind of like spawn i mean spawn did eventually branch out into fighting other types of criminals so yeah i kind of agree with jason on that i don't really i wouldn't really call it a hero movie and such as it is more of like anti-hero-ish that's kind of something that I'm curious about is in watching this movie when he takes out the pawn shop owner that guy has nothing to do with it. Other than buying the ring, I feel like that kind of broke the chain because if he's just come back to take out the people who took him out No, because the whole reason for taking him out is because he helped facilitate those kind of crimes. That he was part of the cycle of that kind of violence so that's why he took him out. Well, and he, well, technically he, he didn't. He, take, he right. blew up his, his operation, his business. Right. But then also, wasn't it Tintin that said you, he referred to the pawn shop owner as a child molester at one point? Yeah, too? he mm-hmm. called Tintin called so him a child molester. Yeah. There was nothing, anything else implied with that, there, which which again, I come back to, I blame, I don't know who I blame, the writer or the director or somebody, but the, it was like such a throwaway line that I was like, oh, that's probably going to come back later on. Maybe he'll try to kidnap the little girl. Like there was, there has to be a payoff to that line because you don't normally just call somebody a child molester when you're trying to insult them unless there's some type of a bearing behind it. So to me, I was like, okay, so maybe he touched a little girl inappropriately, but then when he blew up the building and I think he set it up because he he wanted that, well, he wanted the pawn shop owner guy to escape because he said, go tell them I'm coming for them. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I agree with Chris. I don't think it, it's kind of like Catwoman in Batman Returns, right? She stops that woman from getting attacked because she's angry at men not to save that woman because she basically yeah. blames that woman that she rescues, right? And I feel like the crow would have done the same thing. I don't think he would have saved somebody else just because. I think he'd have been like, you're in my way and I need to go deal with this person. Like if one, like let's say Skank was, was trying to rob somebody and he saw Skank try to rob somebody. He's not trying to save that person from getting robbed. He wants to take his revenge out on Skank. Kind of what happens with Fun Boy. Like he goes in, he doesn't hurt the mom, he helps the mom. It'd be interesting to know if he would have done the same thing with Darla if she hadn't been the girl's mom. Yeah, she'd have been like a regular, like a hooker, which is the term they used back then, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am a little woke. I know it's a sex worker, but I'm just saying back then they would have referred to her as a hooker. And I think you're right. I, that would be an interesting thing. Would he have done the same? Or would he have just left her alone completely? I think if she didn't have a connection, I don't think he would have hurt her. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think he necessarily, I think because of her connection with the kid, I think that's the only real reason that he even paid attention to her and like forced I, the drug out of her vein. I do want to point out that none of us know the name of the kid. We've simply referred to that child as the kid or the child this Sarah. entire time. Is that her name? Her name is Sarah. In the comic books, it was Sherry. So she was in the comics. It wasn't just something for the movie. Yeah, it was. The, she was younger in the comic book, though. Mm. She was younger than that. So I'm guessing that girl's around like 13 Was or the pawn so. store owner in the comic books? Yes. Was he a child molester in the comic books? No, not that I recall. Then I blame writing on that because it, it, it led credence to me saying, oh, well, this guy's going to get punished because of a past crime. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't... Lazy writing. <laughs> what is one of your favorite quotes? Oh, I, I still love Ernie Hudson's, like, at least he didn't do that walking against the wind shit. <laughs> it's a good line. He, he it delivers it very me... well. Yeah. Um, I have two. One... I don't even remember who said it. Whoever called the crow the mime from hell. <laughs> I think it might have been already on. I think it's a joke. Yeah. And then my favorite that was said multiple times in multiple scenes was, shit on me. Shit on me. <laughs> and I was like, sir. Yes. It, it was. That was from the pawn guy. Yeah. Like, shit on me. Every time something went wrong, shit on me. It's <laughs> not really the exclamation that I would use. Maybe he had a death wish. Maybe. Maybe. He didn't know how to shut his mouth. That's yeah, for sure. He had no sense of self-preservation. Yeah. Gideon. His name was Gideon. Gideon. Oh, Gideon. That's, right. that's the shopkeep? Yeah. So then... The shopkeep. Ye old shopkeep. Ye old shopkeep. Pardon me, shopkeep. You have any mold wine? <laughs> now pardon me. I must get down to the haberdashery. <laughs> Defecate upon myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My my favorite quote is probably there ain't no coming back. Just oh. repeating that because we do that. Like we're those people that quote movies constantly and have been for years. We say that all the time. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. Yeah. Mine it's the pawn shop scene when he's like knocks over all the gasoline cans. Oh yeah. He's loading the shotgun with the rings and he's like, Is that gasoline I smell? And I don't know why. It just it, it's the just how he delivers it so just like straightforward. And as John points out, the shopkeeper has no sense of self-preservation. So he keeps talking about like yelling at him while he's loading the shotgun with gasoline all over the place. But that leads us to another thing is how the hell did that building just 
I mean, it gets decimated with that. Blood. Yeah. I mean, there is no. I mean, even less unless he had a gas line open or something. Man, that building just gets wasted. Why was there that much gasoline in a pawn shop? Right. And how come those looters? Like, I never noticed this. I never paid attention. I guess when I was younger, there's looters already. And wouldn't there just be fire? everywhere yeah. and wouldn't all that stuff just be like ruined i mean in that big explosion what are they looting just I, again who does that come to does that come to the writer or does yeah. it come to the director I, I, because i see one guy stole a tv and i was like, I was like sir tv back then too man yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it looked a little crispy yeah. <laughs> little, well and they're also doing it right in front of a cop yeah and ernie hudson's like on the scene man yeah. he's like he's johnny on the spot when that happens <laughs> and yeah he's like there's these guys looting and then he's like trying to oh do I get the looters or like, why are they looting burnt up crap in a pawn shop I don't that, that scene never I never really paid attention to that when I was younger but watching it now yeah I'm just like that's so weird. And like, also, like when you light gasoline, yeah. it flames up. Yeah. To get it, to get the explosion, the flames have to hit the gas inside, the fumes inside the can, and then the can will yeah. explode, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they always get. But gasoline. there was only like eight cans, and they were all in a pile. It was like this is a four-story building. <laughs> yeah. They all well, they always get gasoline wrong in movies. Every like time. they can, they'll like you can't light gasoline with a cigarette. It, it'll go out every time. Yeah. Trust me. Pamela, because you recently read the comic, can you tell oh. us just a little bit about how it compares? Ooh, that comic's really rough. Rough um, how? More is it a graphic novel, would you say, more than a comic? Yeah, it's a graphic novel, and just, ooh, I don't want to say amateurish. Oh! But, um, you can tell it's someone fairly new at what they were doing and um, what <laughs> happened was that the author of the comic, James O'Barr, his girlfriend, fiance, was killed by a drunk driver after he had called her for a ride. So he felt this immense sense of guilt at her death. He started drawing this comic to kind of help relieve what he had seen and mm. um, what okay. had happened. And he had also read the story about a couple who um, were killed for a $30 engagement ring. So that kind of fed into it too, from what I read. And so the comic's pretty rough, but he does do this nice thing that a lot of the scenes with the crow are done in like pen. But then when you get back to the flashbacks, they're done in more charcoals and they're softer. Interesting. And so that's kind of neat between it. And he did go back. I read the 30th anniversary edition, which came out in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're on the 40th now? Yeah, it's wow. been 40 years. I did years. math. I did math. That's crazy. Good job, treasurer. <laughs> Keep counting good. Yeah. I guess he started it in 1981, but I don't think it got published until 1989, um, the full thing. And it was done on an independent press. Um, was it individual issues or did it all come out at once? Do you know? I, do, I know that he did the first issue and then there was a second issue. And the reason that he talks about it in the book, the reason that he added stuff back in is because they did it on independent press and they thought they could only do um, even number pages. They didn't realize that they could do odd number pages. Pages or that they could do multiples of pages. That's why some stuff got cut on the cutting room floor back in the day, and then he was able to add stuff back in when, when they did the re-release of it. Interesting. But it did have the characters. It had um, Tintin and, and Fun Boy. Was Skank in it? I don't remember a Skank. We all know a Skank. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't remember them. <laughs> I'm not talking about my high school days. 
<laughs> but the story in the in the comic book is a little bit different. They're like they they just got engaged and they're celebrating and they're at this like beach. It's supposed to be like Lake Michigan or something like that, I think. And then their car breaks down, and so T Bird and his gang come up and shoot and kill him, and then he has to watch her. Yeah, and that's pretty graphic in the graphic novel. So, for the most part, does the comic follow the movie? Or should I say, does the movie follow the comic? It does, for the most part. It stays very true to the story. I think the movie is a better medium for the story than the comic book was. Uh, I think the movie's done better than the comic book, but that's just, you know, that's my opinion. I mean, but to be fair, you saw the movie first, so that does tinge I did see the movie first, and... true. But it had been so long since I had seen the movie that when I read the comic book that I didn't remember. And I keep calling it a comic book and I should be saying graphic novel. Okay. But looking it up, I went to IMDb while you were talking as I was listening. Because, John, I can do two things at once. (laughs) Multitask. And I was like, okay, did he write the movie? And it says, like, it was him along with David Shaw. Show S-C-H-O-W. And it seems like David actually wrote the screenplay. So I'm assuming it was loosely based on the characters and he probably oversaw. But I think we have figured out the issue with the writing. Because I just want you all to know what other things David wrote. (laughs) Critters 3. Oh, come on. He was a writer on the short-lived TV series Freddy's Nightmares. Mm, That's his old Uh, He wrote the movie Leatherface. Critters 4. Critters Go to Space. Oh, wow. Didn't Critters come from outer space? Uh, He wrote a movie called Perversions. Uh, The Hunger. One of the Texas Chainsaw Massingers. The Hills Are Red. Frightfall. So it explains a lot to me, thinking about those titles... Of why I feel like I don't necessarily know if I should blame, I still blame the director slightly, but I think a lot of my problems with this movie are with the writer. Yeah, and apparently, just researching John's question, I guess the the Crow's first limited series was The Crow number one through four from February through May of 1989. I guess each issue was called, it had a different title. One, the first was Pain, second was Fear. Third was irony, and the fourth was despair. And I guess there is a character called Tom Tom that was in the comic. Oh. So I'm guessing that was the skank. Yeah. <laughs> was the skank God, of the comic? The yeah. Skank just shows up. I guess, and you they, don't I guess want they him. didn't want to do Tintin and Tom Tom. So um, it, that kind of answers John. They, you know what? I would have preferred a Tintin and a Tom Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would remember Tintin and a Tom Tom. He did other. There's been a lot of different crows. There's been like 45 plus issues of different crow comics from series to series. And also, terrible sequels to the movie. Don't waste your time on any of those. Oh, you don't want to put those on the list? No. I haven't no. seen those either. Oh, well, you're so. welcome to watch them in your free time. <laughs> so. And report back. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> this the the Wikipedia as we know is the, the definition. So we we're talking about his powers earlier. So apparently he has enhanced speed, strength, and agility, cat-like reflexes, heightened senses, resistance to injury or pain, invulnerability. But if he's had invulnerability, why does this say resistance to injury? That <laughs> just seems like kind of weird if you're invulnerable. Because even when he grabbed onto that glass broken window, yeah, he yeah. cut his hands. Yeah, they and healed he, up, but he yeah. cut them. And also skilled marksmanship. But in the in the comics, isn't there like a character that has like a skull face or something? Yes, that like... uh, actually, and that was they had a scene uh, in the movie with him, okay. and they cut it because it it wasn't finished before he died, and so the director thought it looked too cheesy. 
<laughs> Literally, he thought that's it, where you draw, that's the, where line. draw the line. Yeah, it, it was a skull. Yeah, you named was, a uh, character Skank. <laughs> but yes, no, you're right. There was a character, and there was it was supposed to be in the movie, but yeah, it which got is kind of like the almost like a fairyman type yeah, character, yeah. if mm-hmm. I remember right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I think I have read part of it, but it's been yeah. And he got they years. did start to film. That. So he was in the comic though. Yeah, just. Not a huge part, just kind of what happens at the end. Did uh, have a note that uh, Michael Massey, who played Fun Boy, actually fired the shot that killed Brandon Lee. Um, he was so traumatized that he took a year off from acting and he never watched the completed film. I think he passed away a few years ago, but he never watched it. I, I don't even know where my, my mental health would be at that moment if I knew. Yeah. Because it wasn't his fault. I mean, it was that there was a was there a real bullet in the gun, or did it just hit? No, it, it was the, they loaded it with a blank. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But the blanks still have like wadding in it, mm-hmm. and so that's what hit him. And he didn't have a protective. No, because it was it was supposed to just be like a flashbang kind of a thing. It wasn't mm. supposed to have any kind of actual projectile. Interesting. So, and I think it had something to do with how close up he was. Yeah. When, they, it, when they did it. Mm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I didn't read into it a lot because I know anytime this movie's talked about, that's like 90% of what people yep. end up talking oh, about. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the movie. Yeah. It's, so. there's a very, it's very detailed on Wikipedia, if anyone's interested yeah, in Yeah, I think there's part. actually more detail on that on Wikipedia than about the movie. Maybe. Yeah, there I is. I have a question. Maybe it's too early to ask it, but do you, I'm just going to do it because it's on my mind and I wanted to ask during the movie, but I wanted to wait to talk about it now. I know this movie has a cult following because it had a cult following for the comic book. Do you think this movie would still be big today if the tragedy had not happened? If everything went smoothly with this movie, do you think we'd be talking about it right now? I don't know. I think it would depend on how big of an actor Lee was because Mm -hmm. I think he did a really excellent job with as early as this was in his career and how his lineage and good looks. um, He's very attractive probably would have taken him far and we would have seen more from him. So I think this would have been like one of the, oh yeah, that's classic, like his classic movies mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think it might have been still big in that way, but I don't know if it would have garnered the attention that it got when it first came out as it did because of his death. I mean, yeah, I, I would love to see the alternate reality where there are huge movies with him and River Phoenix like they became like the big dramatic duo that would be amazing yeah but I think it still would have been a hit the soundtrack alone yeah the soundtrack was really good that it kind of hit I feel like at the right time for it because it was like you know we in like the the late 90s you ended up with like the Matrix and like that whole like cyber goth kind of thing but when this came out that everything was grungy and yeah you know I I think yeah, heroin. She. I, I think it really fit what the people that were the right age to really be into this movie, where they were at that point. Like, I was just a little bit too young mm-hmm. at that point to be into it. I hit it later, obviously. But I think it would have still been pretty big. I don't think it would have had the cult following as much, but it would be one of those movies that, like, that specific, like, four-year range of people that were in high school at that period would really still have as one of their favorites from when they were in high school. Chris, what about you? Do you think it would have been as big? I mean, it's always hard to say. It's kind of the same way with, you know, Ledger. You know, Heath Ledger and Batman. I mean, it was amazing performance by him. But kind of 
I think it would just become one of those movies that, yeah, I think it would have been well-received and I think it probably would have done decently, but I think it would have just become a part of his filmography. Yeah. You know, I don't think it would be one that people would really still kind of talk about later on, and especially if he had gone on to do the sequels, it, even as they were, you know, I, mm. I think it would have ended up just kind of just another footnote in his filmography. Like I said, I do think I do agree with John. I think people at that age would remember it in that. And so that it would kind of carry on that way. But now I don't think it would be quite the cultural, you know, I, I don't think it would be remembered. I think people would just be like, oh, yeah, Brandon Lee. Now he's like. 60 years old and fat you know what I mean right it's right. like when he was young and skinny and you know I, I just I, I don't think without his death and that whole mythos around it I, I don't think it would be as remembered as it is and yeah I, I think I agree with all three of you I think because when I think about the crow now there's another ge there's generations younger than us that are like oh my god I love the crow and like there's crow action figures and crow stories and crow merchandise and all of these things that I don't think I don't think it would be as revered today I just don't. I think I think you're right. I think it would have been oh that's early Lee and that's where he got his start and people would have an appreciation, but I just can't. It makes me think of a lot of the movies that were made in the eighties that were those um Conan the Barbarian ripoffs. Yeah. Right? Like you look at those now and you're like, Nobody remembers this movie. What is this? This was just a cash grab. And and I and I wonder, you know, could that have been this? I don't know. But hey, some of those are the best movies. Those those cash grabs. Man. It's true. It's true. Beastmaster. Yeah. Come on. Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Red Sonja. Red Sonja. Um, <laughs> which Schwarzenegger was in. Hey, the Red Sonja comics are actually really good. Hey, you know, back in the day, the movie actually wasn't bad. As a it young really kid, wasn't. I I liked it. We had HBO. Yeah. I've never seen it. You never seen Red Sonja? That's, that's, that's just one of those Beastmaster. You seen Beastmaster? No. Oh, Beastmaster. Been, I saw Beastmaster. Might just show up on the list. <laughs> long enough that I don't really remember it. That's like uh, I've never seen Lady Hawk. Oh, you've never seen Lady Hawk either. You've never seen Lady Hawk. Holy cow! I've never Are you seen Lady sure? Hawk. You've never no, seen Lady Hawk either. Lady Hawk. Oh, I don't know man. what Lady Hawk is. Also, just it's a uh, it's uh, Matthew Broderick. But is it an action movie? Or? No, it's a medieval fantasy. It was made like Dragon Slayer. Did you see Dragon Slayer back in the day with McNichol? And gosh, yeah, it was just yeah. at the time they were making all those, like you said, those Conan kind yeah. of. And the Lady Hawk was, but it was good. I liked it. it yeah, was, it was a good movie. I love Lady Hawk. Okay. Yeah, it's young, heard of it, young but... Matthew Broderick. Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, you just said it. Oh. You, I'm surprised you have the E Man. I mean, I know. Like, that's why I was just like, no, I never. I never yeah, like it. reading Ready Player One. Like, yeah. I, I w there was a lot of stuff I had to like stop and check on it and read mm. it in Wikipedia and see, like, okay, so that's what that was. Because I kind of had to, I was a preacher's kid, period, where I didn't watch a lot of stuff <laughs> until I got old enough where I could sneak off and watch it at night. So. I'm just the opposite. My grandparents had cable, so I got to watch all those great movies. Um, so you ever, have you watched, have you ever seen Heavy Metal? Yeah, I've seen Heavy Metal. Yeah, yeah actually, Heavy Metal. Funny story about Heavy Metal. So the first time I ever got drunk... Just, and you were of a legal age at this point, I correct? was totally legal. <laughs> totally legal. So, I can't believe I'm playing the legal fairy right now. <laughs> but I'm bummed. So anyway, I got intoxicated. And then everybody, of course, went to sleep. And so I went and I was crashing on the couch. And I, I was so drunk that I, like, you're in that point where you can't really move much. So I managed to reach over and hit the remote control and was just trying to keep the room from spinning. And heavy metal is on. Oh. And so I was trapped there watching oh. heavy metal, completely <laughs> intoxicated, God. while the room was spinning. That's so it was kind of yeah. a traumatic experience I can imagine. for me. I can imagine. And I had my Jeez. whole thing with dead things moving and that uh, whole scene yeah. part with the, the mm -hmm. zombies on the, the airplane. Plane. Yeah. World War II. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was... Whew. 
Oh. So, so is there anything else we want to discuss about this movie? I think we're time to ready to rank it personally. All right, so here's our ranking scale on a scale of one to five leather pant squeaks <laughs> on a rainy day, <laughs> with one being the worst and five being best. How many squeaks would you rank this movie? I'm taking a squeak away for the fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who's ready? I, 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 I hey, why don't you go, take it away? Oh no, I, I want to make sure we end this also, correctly. There, there are not half squeaks, so you're oh. going one, two, three, four. Or you have half squeaks? Squeak. No squeaks. No half squeaks. Oh, um, when it's when you're president, you can rule on how the squeaks are. Wow. Um, uh, solely based on the directing, the writing, and the acting. <laughs> So, everything. So just everything. So the movie. You, you, everything. you just gestured at all of me. Yes. Um, <laughs> let me say this. Do I think I will ever watch this again? No. Um, with that being said, I since I can't give half C's, because I would have given it a half C squeak, uh, for me, and I'm, I'm a little bit harsher on some things, I, I'm sorry. I think it's a two. Too. That is better than I expected. I kind so, of was too. I, well, it, I, I was, it, was it the was it the boxers? Was there some growth there? Some you know? No, I, I get some appreciation. I think when you had said, think about Heath Ledger's performance, and I look at it, and then when Pamela's like, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to transfer things, but then I was like, well, Dick Tracy did it amazing. But um, <laughs> just want to point that out there again. I, I see it for. I see it for what it is, but as we've talked about offside the show, I have a real problem when people are like, oh my God, it's the best movie ever. You have to see it. It's the funniest movie ever. I don't like a lot of hype. And I think the reason I avoided this movie for so long was because of that hype. And now I'm looking at it with fresh, I guess, adult eyes. I just, sure. I, it, you know what? Um, Ernie did bring it up. You're lucky because you took away the halves. Ernie did bring it up, but I, I, I look at movies as in two categories, three categories, really. Would I watch it again? Would I never watch it again? And would I buy it? I would not buy this movie, and I would not watch it again. So it is a two for me. But right. tell us how you really feel. Caca, <laughs> <laughs> <Don't>. bitch! <laughs> Pamela? Well, it's iconic for me. It was a big part of my high school years. Looking at it now, though, and just how well it's held up or hasn't held up, it's going to lose a squeak. So I'm giving it four leathery pants squeaks on a rainy day. All right, Chris? I kind of have the same thing with Pamela. It's just kind of one of those things I watched, you know, in high school, and it was very much a part of that whole, you know, I had different colored hair when I had hair. For anybody that doesn't know, I'm quite bald. It'd be like dying an Easter egg at this point. I'm not. I have luscious lungs. <laughs> They're very lovely. Um, I don't. I'm but, jealous of them. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting ready to purchase Keeps, <laughs> if they would sponsor the show. <laughs> but that being, you know, I, I, all, I went through that whole phase, you know, I, I wore black, red sunglasses, and, you know, I had an unk, you know, you remember those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I so I, 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 it's kind of the nostalgia lens, but watching it again, like I said, having not watched it for so long, it kind of goes down. I think I'm going to have to give it, uh, in the day, I probably would have gave it five, but I think now it's, we can't do halves, so I'm going to round it down. I think it's going to have to be a three for me. I, I just, it, wow. yeah, it's, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it, watching it again, I enjoyed it. There's just things now that I see, you know, I was my rose-colored glasses of youth, you know, mm -hmm. so there, there's a lot of things in the movie that 
just plot holes and just writing and like now you know, Jason kind of really gave me some stuff to think about on that I'm pacing a, actually I'm a bitch no no it's <laughs> and actually watching it now though the pacing of it is just it, it's kind of jarring oh, they don't yeah. really, they don't do a good job of transitioning they, they, it's very much just boom 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 and so that that so yeah so I'm gonna have to go I'm, I'm like I said I think three for me on this one now before I rate just because I don't want to forget to ask this afterwards was the the weird sister that Bai Ling played, was she in the book? No. Okay, interesting. I feel like they wanted to get a female character in there so they could figure out a way to show some boobs. Well, of course. And we didn't even see Bai Ling's boobs. We saw dead chick's boobs. Yeah, half side I mean, boob. Darla did some good bouncing. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, she stayed in that, she man. That very... dress that she was wearing probably should have got an award. Yeah, it, it held that. Yeah, it yeah, held yeah that, that material in. should be used in like military <laughs> launches. <laughs> it, it stayed. Her bouncing across that room, man. That's a good. That's a good thing. All right, so, so I'm gonna give it a four. Like I always liked this movie, and when we were talking about this, what movies we were gonna suggest, it wasn't your favorite movies it was movies you think they should see yes and to me this is one of those movies you should see if you were in our generation yeah yeah it is a little rough around the edges on some things the pacing's definitely a little bit off the graphics do not hold up um (laughs) at all i mean i think there is kind of a and maybe it's just me but there's kind of a charm or nostalgia to me for the way that the where they have the crow flying through the buildings but because that was kind of a big thing like you didn't see that i'd never seen anything like that before this movie so yeah, I'm going to go four. Well, that gives us an average of 3.25 pant squeaks. <laughs> Leather <laughs> pant squeaks. Leather pant squeaks. Right. I mean, he looked amazing in his outfits. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. I would have said hey. Hi. <laughs> Probably multiple times. <laughs> how, how drunk would you have had to have been to say hey to Skank? Dead. How many squeaks? Dead. <laughs> Alcohol poisoning. <laughs> that, that number is too high. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's a no. I mean, any of those, I'm sorry, even Toy, what's his name? Toy Boy? Fun Boy. Boy. Fun, Fun Boy, Boy, Boy yeah. Toy, whatever. <laughs> even him, I was like, mm. <laughs> no. Ghost gonna kill my ass. <laughs> Ghost gonna kill my ass. All right, so that is our discussion of The Crow. So next, we need to work on movie selection for next time and assigning of the roles. So, so do you want to do you want to spin the wheel now to see what movie yeah. is chosen? Yeah, because that'll determine who's going to be president. Okay, next time. here we go. And we for have... your listeners at home, I cannot be president again because we're not doing concurrent terms because somebody will become a dictator. I don't know who it'll Kamala. be. I know she, <laughs> she gets her she gets her hand on that. I should be trigger. A, become a dark, powerful. <laughs> she, she, so we have each submitted a bunch of movies, two movies each. Um, we're gonna put them on a wheel, and right now we have the wheel app. But next time it'll be a real live wheel. Um, so I'm gonna spin it. Okay, here we go. You can do this. Our oh my god! Our next movie choice will be, with our president, the animated movie Trolls. <laughs> oh! And why? And who is it that hasn't seen who? Trolls? I have not seen Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you all seen Trolls? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys go together? No. 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 
This, we might as well just call so, it the things the gay hasn't seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trolls. I love However, this. I gotta say, we can't get two movies that are more different than each other. Right. Yeah. For the first and second. Wait, is trolls meetings. based on a comic book too? <laughs> no, it's based on the eighties product. The Hasbro. Okay. The nineteen seventies so, right. trolls. Okay. With yeah. the hair. Uh, who I can't it? believe you haven't seen that. I even enjoyed the second one. Oh yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah, I love both of them. Well, if, I, if anybody that wants to know, I'm the one that selected trolls. Chris, in okay. case you're not used to the voices. Yeah, no, that's true. Sorry. Yes, Chris. So Chris right. is our president. I thought you chose trolls. Oh. I told you it was a coup. <laughs> so he totally rigged that out. You so try to get the gavel. You can either borrow it or we have it digitally. You can get together. I would. Watch it. I would be okay watching that together. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. We'll discuss off the air. I would love to see your face. I do, too. I but no, it's a really great movie. It's really just a feel-good. I, I First time I saw it, I loved it. Okay. It's great. So Chris is now president, and does he dole out the... Uh... No, we actually have a very special way. Whoever's the president gets to choose how the other officers are chosen. Oh. Each time. I just did it last time because we were starting up. So we are going to play a game of rain crow pants for each position. Jesus. So this is how you do it. I'm going to post pictures of how we're doing these hands with the <laughs> podcast for everybody. This is Crow. So you do. Wait. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, put them together. Yeah, make this. this box sign and put it right together. <laughs> and then you got pants. Yeah, and then you got rain. <laughs> That's right. You just get those fingers down there and wiggle them. Oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> right. So, rain beats pants, pants beats crow, and crow beats rain. Okay, so how do we do this between the three of us? We all go at the same time? Y'all gonna do it. I'm gonna assume you're never gonna kill each other exactly perfect. It's always gonna be at least two. Okay, tell us again. What beats what? Rain beats pants. Pants beats crow. Crow beats rain. I haven't extensively product tested this, so... (laughs) I'm just gonna pick the one I remember. Y'all gonna be wiggling fingers, aren't you? Because that's... so, wait, so is, it, is it a battle between stroke? like Pamela and I first, and then that no, winner it's takes all three. at the same time, all three of us? Yeah, we'll keep doing it until somebody is eliminated. The first and then the first person that gets eliminated, are they? Oh. Last person's name. So the game. first person eliminated is Treasurer, the dreaded Treasurer. Yeah, let's do it that way. <laughs> Great. God. Thanks right, for that. Let's, let's do this. We get one, two, three. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, we all did. Okay, no, no, I die as a crow. Oh, so pants beat crow. Yes, pants beats crow. Great, I'm treasurer again. Treasurer again. (laughs) And I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) He just tried to assassinate (laughs) me with a sharpie. It begins. Okay, so we go. Yep. Oh. Rain beats pants. All I'm right. vice president. And I'm the secretary. Neat. Which means I need to write down who we are. <laughs> so what do I have to do? Get on that. Get me some coffee. We'll have that in the production meeting. All right. So awesome. current secretary, Pamela, mm-hmm. do we have any old or other business? We do not have old or other business because we brand new. We shiny. <laughs> All right. Well, so do you need a motion to adjourn? I do need a motion to adjourn. Oh, I'm a motion. I second. All right. I'm calling it. We're adjourned.
Hey there, honorary Missing Movie Club members. It's me, Jason. I stole the mic. I just want to remind you to make sure that you are doing your homework for our next club meeting, making sure that you are watching the animated movie Trolls, along with me and the others. And, uh, you know, make sure that you're ready to go for our next meeting. Also, please make sure that you remember that our next episode always comes out on the first Thursday of every month. And make sure that you have subscribed on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. And, of course, jump onto our website, missingmovieclub.com. And I stole the gavel. It's my turn.